Hi, this is Tom Compton. You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about a recent vigil we had in Sacramento, California. This was at the Trinity Life Center, and as it turns out, this was our second one in about two months. This church is really gung-ho Christian Zionist, and this was their second event with KUFI, Christians United for Israel. This time it was a triple header, and they had three speakers. They had Dennis Prager, a conservative talk show host who's Jewish. They had a black pastor locally, and then they had a a local rabbi that spoke. And we were fortunate with our vigil there that one of our members, Craig Hansen, actually went in to hear what was going on. So Craig's going to give us a report here in just a second, but an overview of this. And we were a small number, there were four of us, but that covered it very adequately, and we did engage with a few folks there. We had some, actually one experience with a gentleman who was very interested. He, we were able to actually talk to him in a reasonable fashion. Generally, we get all kinds of shrill comments, and people want to, one woman came out and declared that we were anti-Semites and she, as she was waving her three little Israeli flags. So it's very hard to um, even dialogue with these people. But they do know we're there. One of the people that was, a, we think, maybe a security guard, you know, called us some names. And so I don't know whether he was trying to intimidate us or what. But everybody was fine, and we thought the vigil worked out very, very well. And with that little bit of intro, I'd like Craig to give his thoughts about the speakers at the event because it's nice to know what's going on. And if you listen to, there are a couple other podcasts where we talked about some previous events and Craig's report there on those two other vigils that we conducted and what went on inside the KUFI event are very, very eye-opening, and I think you've got some interesting comments on this past event. Craig, welcome. Thank you, Tom. Well, um, first of all, I want to say thank you, Tom, for making a journey up from Arizona to uh, Sacramento to to be a part of this. It's a long drive for you and not too too bad of a drive for me. It was just a a beautiful night in Sacramento and just uh, comfortable T-shirt weather. And we were there on the, on the sidewalks with our signs. This time, I got a lot of, I, I changed my position from where we were before, and I got a lot of honks and thumbs up. The signs I was holding this time was, uh, no more wars for Israel. That seemed to get the most uh, affirmative thumbs up. And the other one was, choose life, not war, uh, showing some of the effects of the Israeli sanctions and persecution of uh, Palestinians in uh, Gaza. And Tom, Tom mentioned uh, us being accosted uh, verbally. You know, it's one of those situations where I, I, I wish I'd, I'd been able to think of the comeback at the right time. This man walked over with a uh, suit and tie, 
my first clue is he, he lit up a cigarette and started walking over uh, to my location. And he uh, pulled out his iPhone to, to take a picture. And uh, first of all, I said good evening to him, and he didn't, didn't respond. And, and then he pulls out his uh, iPhone, and I said, well, be sure to get the signs in the picture. And he says, no, I just want your blankety-blank face, is, is, is what, he, what he said to me. And then he, uh, in the, the, the comment that I, I wish, I think David uh, suggested it, or it says, or why, what she'd ask, oh, are you one of the pastors here? This would have been a, a great comeback, but I, I, didn't, I didn't think of that one in time. He went over to uh, David and said, you guys a bunch of Nazis? And I think David's comeback was, no, you're looking for one? <laughs> and, um, but it was, it was just harassment on the sidewalk. That's the, that's the first time we've had anybody you know, come out from the, uh, the meeting. And he was carrying his uh, Israeli flags as well. Tom, you talked about the woman with the two Israeli flags. Uh, she was pretty obnoxious. But the young man that came out, and it was, it was so refreshing because he was coming to the meeting, but he saw us, and he wanted to hear what we had to say. And he addressed us as brothers in Christ. He understood our position. He was listening. He was asking questions. He was putting some of the things that he had always believed and why did we not believe the same things? And it was a very comfortable, non-confrontational dialogue. And I, I wish we could have that uh, with more people. So uh, that said, um, the, the meeting started. We uh, packed up our signs. And I decided to, to go in to see what was going, going on at the meeting. First of all, it is a huge sanctuary. It probably holds 1,000 people. And I would say probably maybe, I don't know, 650 to 800. I, I wasn't a good count of that many people there. And when you came in, you got uh, handed an Israeli flag and an American flag uh, when you entered the sanctuary. And so as, as I came in, the, uh, the Jewish uh, cantors were singing. The music was playing. Uh, it was about a half an hour into the, into the program. So uh, I, I missed a lot. Uh, Chuck, I don't know if they said anything uh, good or bad. Obviously, wouldn't anything be good, but they didn't 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 mention anything about us while I was there. But I don't know if they they said anything uh, before. Obviously, the first speaker was a Jewish rabbi named Rabbi Reuven Toff, and he talked about the miracles and that we believe in miracles and all this. And one of the miracles is you know causing the desert to bloom and and all of this and about his homeland Israel and how wonderful it is and, and so forth and so on and. Uh, he, he talked a while and didn't really say too much. And then this black pastor, Bishop Parnell Lovelace, who was from a uh, Center of Praise ministry in Sacramento, and it's obviously a big fellowship. I think he talked to in the thousands. And where he got himself in flack was that he decided to put up an Israeli flag in the middle of the auditorium. And uh, people, uh, his congregation, complained about that. You know, why, why would an African-American you know, support Israel. And so um, he talked about basically an African-American uh, congregation, and he said, why wouldn't African-Americans do that? Because they, of all people, understand oppression and struggle and being castaways, and they understand the promises of Genesis 12 and Isaiah 62. And if, you know, six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust, you know, that number always gets thrown out not to diminish the fact that 280 million African Americans uh, were, were killed on the, because of the slave trade coming to the colonies and South America, and those 280 million 
were lost. So if any, anybody could understand the uh, persecution and the oppression, it would be black Americans. And so we must stand with our fellow believers in God and support them. I, I thought it was very interesting that he, when he talked about the persecuted people, he, he, he had nothing to mention about the Palestinians being persecuted and being the result of colonization in their own land. And obviously he didn't address that at all. And that he did go on to say that, uh, uh, again, the, the typical word thrown out is that Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East, and we're standing up for the oppressed, and we pray for Israel every week. And so then uh, and he, was, he was finished in course, gets a standing ovation and clapping. The next man that spoke was a, a guy named Dumasani Washington. He is a pastor of uh, the Congregation of Zion in Stockton. He, uh, excellent uh, pianist, he, he played for the, the music groups, and he gave uh, just a little spiel before the offering was taken. And um, that, interesting, that church, the Congregation of Zion, is a Sabbath-keeping congregation. So they, it's the, you look on their website and they talk about the Shabbat uh, services on Saturday. Uh, also, he said that the offering this time just went to Kufi on campus. That's, it was going to support uh, not the, the, the coffers of the, the Hagee, just mega business, but it was going to go to Kufi on campus this time. Interesting, they had this little children's black choir that sang with the Israel singers. And then this little black gal got up and she read the passage from Mark, uh, chapter 12. And she said, Jewish leaders came to Jesus and asked, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus replied, and then she did it in Hebrew. Hear, O Israel, Lord, the God is one God, and you should only worship him. However, it goes in, in the Hebrew. And, of course, everyone cheers and claps for that. And I thought it was really interesting that they, they don't, don't go on to the passage down a verse or two that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Of course, because if we start talking about uh, neighbors, then we start talking about Palestinians. We sure can't talk about Palestinians at a, at a Kufi gathering. Anyway, uh, that's just my little slam on that one. And then after she was done, they did a, a video presentation of Kufi on campus. Uh, and that's the, the same one I'd seen before. And they just go through the whole history of Kufi on campus and how they're coming against all this, uh, the BDS, the uh, boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement against Israel, the state of Israel, and how Kufi on campus is taking a strong stand on that. Dennis Prager was the, the main speaker, and he was introduced by uh, one of the uh, young gals from Kufi on campus at Davis. And one of the first things that Dennis talked about was how uh, this young lady was responsible, Kufi on campus, that they were able to stop the, uh, the BDS movement from being put into effect on the campus of UC Davis, and that Kufi is being effective in that. And he, uh, Prager talked about how for over 2,000 years, this is the first time that Jews and Christians are working together in the name of the God of Israel, and how, how excited he was to be a part of, of this. And he said, We've had Judeo-Christian values, and now we have Judeo-Christian cooperation. And, uh, again, a round of, round of applause and so forth. And i also like to mention, too, when the, the music was going on, it was that, uh, uh, like the Hava Nagila kind of Jewish-Yiddish uh, music. Everybody's dancing around. They've got the American flags and the Jewish flags. That's all part of the thing. As uh, Dennis talked about the fight on campuses, he says, we have to learn to answer God and not to the New York Times or your neighbor, that we've got to take a stand. 
and says he's so glad to be a part of Kufi, and he says, I, I really believe that we Jews now are among Christians who would hide us, you know, in the event of another Holocaust or something like that. And, of course, that gets um, rounds of applause. Then he got into the main part of his delivery, and he had, he had five questions to a- ask and answer. And the first one is, why are some Jews opposed to Kufi? And then he talked about the, the political agenda of most your liberal-thinking Jews. They, that keeps them standing apart from Kufi. And he says they've got to get over it because they have to answer to God for not, not supporting the Christians who are supporting Israel. And then why don't Christians support Kufi? Then this, is, this is where we came in. He says some of the Christians have the same views, they, the leftist, uh, more social, uh, liberal social agenda, that they, they won't support uh, Kufi for the same reason. But he says there are some Christians who won't support Kufi because of theological reasons. And these were the theological reasons that Prager put forward. He says these people don't believe that God meant what he said, so that, that God didn't really speak, and that when Israel is mentioned in the Bible, it doesn't really mean Israel. And that the prophecies of the Jews returning to the land of Israel doesn't mean that the Jews are going to return to the land of Israel. And so he just you know, poked fun at anybody who would have a theological reason, and he, used, he posted that straw man up as the theological reason why Christians would not support. And I wish he'd asked us uh, to uh, give our, our views on that. Talked about the universities being a moral wasteland, and that's why uh, uh, the, the uh, Kufi on campus is so important. And then the fifth question he asked, why are Christians like you supporting Kufi? And he, the first reason is because you people know right from wrong. And, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another reason, you people actually believe that Genesis is right. More, more applause. And then he, he says, because, you know, you believe that as long as you bless Israel, the United States will be blessed. And if, if the United States stops blessing Israel, then it will, it will cease to be blessed by God. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Uh, lots, lots of music, a big crowd. Anyway, I'm glad I got to see that again. But it, it just goes, again, the whole thing is partial truths. They wrap the prophecies of Jeremiah and Isaiah with the return for the Babylonian captivity. They press that forward into 1948 by assumption. They also make the assumption that the, uh, the, the Jews of the Old Testament are the same as the Jews today. And it's, they, they just mold this stuff all together to keep the money coming to the nation of Israel. So... Anyway, it's probably more than you wanted, but there's my 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 bit for this tonight. Oh, that that was an excellent report, Craig. I wanted to ask. You know, we on a previous uh, podcast talked about something that Dennis Prager wrote uh, a number of years ago. I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, with the concept of anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. Yeah. So yes, did he did. equate that yeah. to the? Yeah, he he did he did he that did, he, uh, he used that phrase again Sunday night. But uh, he did say that again, that, that anybody who is anti-Zionism is an, anti, is an anti-Semite. And so a Jewish person, the logic goes, therefore, is a self-hating Jew. Is, right, is, is, exactly. Is the way it's described. <laughs> yeah, right. So no opposition is allowed, but equally smeared. Is there any other, any other comments Hey, Patty. Hey, tell me, what, Hi, did, what, did, the, uh, what did the bouncer uh, say to you? 
when he accosted you? The the bouncer? Did he? No, did, did he, he comment to you anything, Patty? Call me a naughty. I just smiled at him. Uh, oh yeah, he called me a lot of stuff. In fact, I I you know just came home and I was reading Craig's email, and so I'm writing my my piece of it. Yeah, he called me a terrorist. Oh. And so, oh. Yeah, he called me a terrorist and said that I was a racist. And what was interesting about that was he t- he said that I was a racist, and he said that I told him that I was a racist. And does, does anybody know what neurolinguistic programming is? NLP. It's it's a debunked pseudoscience. But that's what he was using on us. That's that's what he was using on me. I don't know. I mean, he was just really into name calling. But that is what he was what he was using. You know, he was very bullying and intimidating. And you know, he had his two kids there. And there was a guy named Anthony who you know was trying to be the voice of reason. He was from the apparently from the church. He was, you know, kind of really trying to invite me to go into the church, which, you know, obviously I had absolutely no interest in doing. And that would be great to get us off the sidewalk, you know, to get us in the church. <laughs> you know, anything to get us off the sidewalk. And I know that a lot of that stuff is just a ploy to block our signs and, you know, and distract us from doing what we're trying to do. That's absolutely right, right. Patty. I learned that from you, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned to, wa- and one you know, thing to really we watch did. out for that. One thing we did, I supplied all the the vigilers with uh, name tags. And we've done a little experiment. We talked a little bit about this, but uh, there are three different name tags, Choose Life, Not War, Blessed Are the Peacemakers, and Who Would Jesus Bomb? And we found actually it's a, these little name tags uh, and we're also going to have buttons here eventually, uh, are great conversation starters and in most cases stoppers right away, actually. <laughs> but if you ask the question, who would Jesus bomb, and then explain why or choose life, not war, then it's, it's a good way to engage somebody. And we have a little flyer entitled, Are You Really Pro-Life? As we've discussed so often our programs is the idea that so many Christians consider themselves pro-life and are against any kind of abortion, but yet are in favor of these so-called wars for democracy where innocent children, women, civilians are being killed. And there seems to be no regard for the lives of these collateral damage. We've sanitized it by using words like collateral damage. We don't have to think about these people and their families where we have destroyed their their lives in Iraq and in Afghanistan and through our support of Israel with all the military aid we, we do in their last two incursions into Gaza where hundreds of children and innocent the civilians were killed. That was an excellent report. Appreciate everybody's participation in the vigil. And we never know the outcome, uh, how this will affect that one fellow that we were able to, that Craig mentioned, uh, you know, I think he was going to do his own investigation, my, my feeling, and he was sincere. And it was very refreshing to be able to have a civilized 
conversation where you have difference of opinion, but you know not get to the point where they call you names and that's all the best they can do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the, the other guy, Anthony it, from the church, he was nice too, and and of course that that guy that came out and spent so much time, you know, talking to you and Craig Tom was. You know, I felt was was really very, very uh, much of a truth seeker. Right. Well, how we did, we should all act as followers of Christ. Uh, if we don't agree with somebody, not get violent with them and uh, you know, express our sides. But we see that so frequently that there are very few people that are willing to change their minds about important issues like this. They don't think about. Palestinians and the fact that there are Palestinian Christians in the West Bank and Gaza and there are Christians in the state of Israel. One of the comments this gentleman said, well, the Arabs, as they call them, which are Palestinians, the citizens of of Israel, they have equal rights. Well, this is where I had to beg to differ with them because they don't. They have limited services. They don't get the garbage collections. They are second-class citizens. They don't get the water that the Jewish population does. So there is a there is a discrimination on a pretty large scale there. But you know, on the surface, it appears because this concept that Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East has been so promoted that everybody, not everybody, but so many people believe this as being gospel. Thank you guys for doing this. It was great of you to get up there and do this. And the results of these things, uh, we never know. But we do know for sure that there are voices coming out of many mainline churches, now 16 that we know of, who uh, are challenging these very concepts uh, of racism in Israel and are challenging the ideas of Christian Zionism and are challenging America's foreign aid for the state of Israel. And so we have, we have churches that are substantial that are actually have significant voices inside them. And none of, those, none of those were there when we started Project Straight Gate 10 years ago. You could not find one published uh, source coming out of a church that actually challenged, on the church level, actually challenged any of these things. So progress is coming from somewhere, and uh, who knows? Maybe it's you guys. Chuck, you have time for a question? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I want to know how you would handle it um, a, a vigil at the Kufi event where now we've got the Holocaust survivor. I mean, that's, that's like throwing your grandmother under a bus or something. I mean, this, these, this is a Holocaust survivor, <laughs> Auschwitz and Buchenwald or whatever, and you now Kufi is sponsoring him. So, you know, you, you look like the, the, uh, the worst person in the world if you're, if you're speaking out against a Holocaust survivor. So how, how would you handle that differently? I would, I would just stick to these, uh, these basic little uh, signs that, uh, that, remember, our message has got to come from the signs. And uh, these, these name tags that Tom has made that have these correct inscriptions on them and the signs that are, are correct – and challenging war, because, of course, the Holocaust is the product of war. And the issues uh, remain the same, whether there's a survivor of the Holocaust or the survivor of the bombing of Baghdad inside the church. It's all the same. There, there were Holocaust victims in Baghdad uh, when, uh, when war destroyed the whole city and the infrastructure and 
uncounted people. We still we don't even know the number of people killed. So is is uh, six million worse than one million? Who knows? So I, I would uh, not in any way debate the Holocaust question. I would not even discuss that. It's not an issue. It's not now. What's going on now is the the Holocaust in in Palestine. Mm-hmm. Of course, the victims of that uh, destruction in in Palestine, Israel and Palestine, had nothing to do with the victims that of Auschwitz, however many they were, mm-hmm. and whatever their circumstances were. There is no connection whatsoever. No one's ever made a connection between the Palestinians and Nazis. Mm-hmm. They were as far apart as you could possibly find. Why didn't Israel learn something from the Holocaust? Mm-hmm. Why are they duplicating it? Yeah. So I, I think I would just stick to the same tactics, the the uh, uh, the um, the signs that you have, the messages messages we've used. The only criticism someone would make is if you're holding a sign that says no more wars for Israel, they would say, aha, you're against the Holocaust survivors because Israel is a nation of Holocaust survivors, which uh, is totally untrue. Uh, so it just might be that you would want to avoid that issue to avoid them giving them that opportunity. And we've learned to do that anyway. We've learned to stick to our issues that we have absolutely proven and are, are provable. Well, thanks, everybody, for that excellent report. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. And please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.